You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. That becomes an even better weekend because you can send off your teenagers and they, you get the fridge, the remote control, and the living room to yourself for like three or four whole days. How good is that? And so I want to encourage you, if you're online, go onto the website and check out registrations there for your young people. If you're in the room, the team are in the foyer there. They'd love to chat with you and just help you get rid of your teens for the weekend. And not only that, but they also encounter God. There's a double, there's a double blessing to encounter weekend. Uh, so I want to encourage you to do that. Steve says hi. He is with our city campus, and uh, he's out there preaching and just seeing what they're up to over there. So um, he, but he want, wanted to know that he's he's loves you, misses you, wanted to be here with you. But he's hanging with our city crew and just having a fantastic time with them. They had a great service this morning, so that's really awesome. I want to say a big shout out to anybody watching online. Maybe you didn't get to be in the room today. Uh, We miss you, but we know that you are going to be blessed by today's service, watching it online from all of our locations as well. How cool is that? I love that all of us can be watching together. It's so cool. As all across Auckland, we have services of 100 happening, and in Whangarei, they get to be at level one. But if you're watching from Whangarei, we love you and welcome you as well. Hey, if you came in the, the, the building this morning, you would have noticed it's continually looking different. You will have noticed that outside there's a few things going on and in the chapel foyer, there's a few bits of bracing and all sorts of things happening. Guys, I know every day we come in, it's different. Our staff team are like, oh, what's going on? Like last week we had no space for making teas or coffees or anything. We had no access to water. So they all got sent home again. But we just want to say a massive thank you to you because you guys, honestly, you're amazing. Every week you arrive at church and it's different. Every week you arrive at church and the car park's a different shape. Every week you arrive and there's a different door to come in or a different door to go out. Or And now we're at level two. You have to register and you also have to put up with all of that, but we just want to say thank you because we are so, so blessed to have such a patient and gracious church. Can you give yourselves a hand, please, because we're just very thankful. And we just know that the vision that God has given us is so worth all this chaos, and what an exciting day it's going to be, isn't it? It's going to be so cool when you can have a proper coffee in an amazing cafe space, and you can walk through the doors with no building. Like, it's going to be so, so cool. It's going to be fantastic. Well, I better get on to it, eh? We are, uh, as Adrian said, continuing in our series. And look, I'm so excited to see how God moves through these 21 days. We've been doing 21 days of prayer and looking at prayers that move heaven. And listen, I can't wait to hear how God has moved in your lives as you have committed these 21 days to him and as we have focused in on some of the prayers that we can be praying. And the prayer that I want to give uh, you today that I want us to take a look at is a prayer that I, I think, I mean, I've skipped over it. I have skipped over it a number of times in scripture as we read through. And uh, it's the prayer, it's a prayer that's prayed by one of the kings of Judah. And it's a king by the name of Asaph. And I'm going to pray, and then I'll get straight into telling you all about this king. Oh, God, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to not just meet in the room, but, Lord, for technology that allows us to meet from our homes as well. 
God, I thank you that your presence uh, moves. It's not limited to a room, but God, it's you know, it's outside of time and it's outside of space and it's outside of anything physical. And Lord, I thank you that whether we're here in this room or whether we're in our own homes or in one of our campuses, that you are working, you are moving. And God, I pray as I bring this message, Lord, would you speak deeply to us? Would you open our hearts to what you have to say? God, help me communicate clearly, Lord, what you want me to say today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, in 2 Chronicles 14, we're introduced to a king by the name of Asa. King Asa is the king of Judah, and he is described in Scripture as doing what is right in the Lord's sight. He's one of the goodies, and uh, he takes down all the pagan um, idols that have been erected. He takes down all the Asherah poles, all the high places, all the things that do not bring glory to God. He gets rid of that. He directs the people toward doing what is right. He directs people toward following God's commands and instructs the people to seek the Lord in all they do. And things go well for them. The Bible says that they build and they succeed. It's a good season under the reign of this king. And in verse eight, we read that an army, the Cushite army, come to invade Judah. Now, we have to understand the position that Judah finds itself in when the Cushite army come to invade. See, Judah's army consists, consists of 300,000 men of their own, plus another 280,000 men borrowed from Benjamin. That's 580,000 men altogether, which sounds like a lot, doesn't it? But the Cushite army has got an army of 1 million men plus 300 chariots. This is an army of nearly twice their size coming toward them. Like, I don't know about you, but my knees would be knocking if I found myself in that situation. Right from the outset, Judah was in the weakest position. They were the underdog in this fight, and they knew it. King Asa knew it. And so in his weakness, he prayed a prayer. From this position of weakness, he prayed a prayer, and this very prayer turned the tables and repositioned Judah into a place of strength. And it wasn't because their numbers multiplied. It wasn't because suddenly their army grew and they had more men. No, it was because their dependence on God grew. Here's the prayer that we're looking at today in 1 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 11. It's in your notes there. You can read it along with me. It says, Then Asa cried out to the Lord his God. Here it is. He said, Lord, there is no one besides you to help the mighty and those without strength. Help us, Lord our God, for we depend on you. And in your name, we have come against this large army. Lord, you are our God. Do not let a mere mortal hinder you. And we read in the next following verses, that God gives them victory over the Cushite army. There are two comparable phrases in that verse that really caught my attention as I was reading it. The words, those who are mighty and those without strength. Those who are mighty and those without strength. How many of you know that it's really easy to go to God in the seasons of our life when we know we need Him? It is, isn't it? So often we go to God when we're in need. 
We go to God when we're in a season of desperation, when we've got no other option but to cry out to God. We go straight to Him knowing that He has what we need. We go to Him in our desperate cry and we dig in, don't we? We pray and we seek Him and we pray consistently and we pray earnestly. And I don't know about you, but I have found myself in so many occasions just crying out to God saying, Lord, I am nothing without you. I need you, God. I need you. Ever been there? Ever been in there? I've been there. Hey, you might be there right now. You might be in that season right now. This was the season that King Asar found himself. That was the very place he found himself. He was up against something twice his size. He was kidding himself if he thought he could defeat that army using his own strength and his own might. He knew he needed God. And so he cried desperately to God. He cried out to him in his weakness. And he knew that he was dependent on God. Because of this, the Bible says that his, his people were at peace for the 35 years of his reign. So for 35 years, there was no war for Judah. But then the Bible tells us that in year 36, in year 36, King Bashar of Israel came to war against Judah. So here he finds himself probably in a situation not too dissimilar from the one that he was in before. And yet, what we need to understand is that his response was different the second time round. What I noticed when I was reading the story of this king was that the second time round, he didn't respond in the same way as he did the first time. No, instead of going to God in his desperation and with his need, he went to someone else. He went to another king. He didn't turn to God. He turned to another king. He turned to King Aram. And he made a deal with King Aram. He struck up, up a partnership, striked up, struck up a partnership with King Aram that would see him get victory over the Israelite army. And then we read in 2 Chronicles, something I think we should all learn from. In 2 Chronicles 16, we read this, and it's a message from a prophet. It says, because you depended on the king of Aram and have not depended on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram has escaped from you. Were not the Cushites and Libyans a vast army and with many chariots and horsemen? When you depended on the Lord, he handed them over to you. For the eyes of the Lord roam through the earth to show himself strong for those who are wholeheartedly devoted to him. You have seen, but you have been foolish in this matter. Therefore, you will have wars from now on. What happened? What happened to this king who once depended on God? What happened to this king who knew he needed God and would, in a moment of need, cry out to the Lord and trust in the Lord? What happened? Here's what happened. And here's the lesson I think we need to learn. If you forget nothing else, here's a lesson that we need to learn. This is what happened. King Asar forgot he needed God. King Asar himself became mighty. And what happened was he moved from God dependence to self-sufficiency. And I think that you and I have the tendency to fall into this trap. 
We go to God in our weakness, but so often we forget about Him in our strength. On New Year's Eve, we were at a friend's house celebrating, bringing in the new year, and there were loads of kids there. There was uh, um, about five or six families, and everyone had kids, and there was a swimming pool, and amongst the swimming pool and the fireworks and the barbecue and the roasting marshmallows and all the other fun that goes on, our youngest son, Rocky, accidentally walked backwards out of the trampoline zip landing on his shoulder, breaking his collarbone. Yeah, it, let's just say there was an abrupt end to the New Year's celebrations for our family. But we went to um, have an x-ray two weeks after his initial x-ray. So he had an x-ray when it initially happened, and then two weeks later, we went to see how his shoulder was progressing. And I found it really interesting what the doctor told us. He said, looking at the x-ray, he said, I can see that his shoulder is healing. It's healing now. It's, it's, it's really knitting back together, but it's only just starting the healing process. And he said to me, this is actually the moment you need to be more careful. This is the moment you need to take more care because he's actually now at the highest risk of re-breaking that bone. And the reason is, is because it's no longer in a sling it no longer, you can no longer feel pain. He's no longer in any distress. The reminders of brokenness have gone. And what we learned was that it, with the collarbone, it is the bone that's most commonly rebroken. Of all the bones that you break in your body, the collarbone is the one that's most commonly rebroken. And it's because we think it's now strong. There's no sling, there's no pain, there's no reminder of brokenness. We think it's strong, but really it's still very weak. And I can't help but think that you and I are the same, that you and I are often the same. I see it all the time. I see it all the time, and I even am guilty of doing this myself. We go to God in our pain. We go to God in our weakness in our need, and we find God there. And when we're at the end of ourselves, we find Him. When there's nowhere else to turn, we find Him. And in that place, we find healing. In that place, we find wholeness, don't we? In that place, we meet Him, and He fulfills our need. But after a while, all of a sudden, we just stop seeking. We stop the desperate cry. We stop, we stop turning to Him. We stop going to him because, well, we, we no longer, the, the pain, we feel better, don't we? We feel better in our wholeness. We feel stronger. We feel mighty. We feel better. We forget that we still need him. We forget that we still need him. And that's why the prayer of King Asa is so, so important to us. And there's just a few things that I want us to take away from Asar's life and his prayer. The first thing is this. You can write it down in your notes there on the app. The first thing is this. The stronger we get, the more we need God. I actually can't emphasize this enough. This is so important for us to get an understanding of. The stronger I get, the more I actually need God. With Rocky's shoulder, the better he felt the more careful we needed to be because his weakness was no longer obvious. 
And that's what happens when we become mighty. Our weakness, our brokenness is no longer obvious. And so we forget that we've got need for God. We forget that we need Him. The stronger we can't become, the more we actually need to press into God because our weakness becomes less obvious. It can, it can be so easy for us, like Asar, to forget that we need God still. But I need you to remind you today that the more mighty we become, the more we need to be turning to Him. The more, the, the more healed, the more whole, the more fruitful, the more favored, the more happy, the more blessed, the more, the more uh, successful, whatever it is, the more necessary it is to, for us to keep turning back to God constantly and over and over and over again going to Him. And I'll tell you why this is so important. Because in 2 Chronicles 16, verse 12, we learn that in year 39 of King Asar's reign, it says that he developed a disease in his feet. Gross. I'm not a fan of feet, so this icks me out. Like, yuck. It says that his disease was severe. Yet, listen to this. Yet even in his illness, he did not seek the Lord but relied only on the physicians. I read this verse and I couldn't understand it. I was like, why? Like, besides the fact that it was feet, guys, which is gross, and I'd be like, get this fixed straight away. <laughs> but even in such a severe illness, now look, I don't know how he died in the end, because it doesn't actually say whether he died from this illness or not, but it just goes immediately from that verse into telling us about the fact that he died. So, I'm guessing that it was kind of in a close range. Even in that severe state of illness, he didn't turn to God. I'm like, what is going on? How could this God, who, who, how could this king who once relied so heavily on the Lord forget and, and only rely on others? But here's what I've come to understand, and it's so important. Listen to this. Without dependency, mighty leads us to pride. Without dependency on God, mighty will always lead us down the road of pride. Our pride keeps us from acknowledging that we need God. It keeps us from seeing our own weaknesses and from allowing us to realize that really we are all without strength. This is why Jesus also, why Jesus said in John 15 verse 5, he said, I am the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me produces fruit, and I in him produces fruit, because you can do nothing without me. See, here's what happens most of the time. We're, we're, we're connected, as a branch, we are connected to the vine. And connected to the vine, we grow lots of lovely fruit, don't we? Connected to Jesus, connected to God, we see fruit begin to grow in our lives. And then what happens, though, is we begin to stand there with our lovely, luscious fruit, and we begin to say, oh, look at how wonderful my fruit is. Oh, how amazing am I? Look at my bounty of lovely, luscious fruit. How, how amazing am I? Look at me. Look at me. And we begin to think it was us. But the only reason the fruit is there is because the branch is connected to the vine. Without the vine, there's nothing. Without the vine, 
there's no fruit. We are nothing. And so what does Jesus tell us to do? He says, remain in me. Remain in me. That's why prayer, guys, that's why prayer is so important. It's so important because it brings us to our knees in dependence of God. Prayer get, puts us in a position and a posture where we can say, it's not me, it's you, Lord. It's not my sufficiency, it's yours. It's not my provision, it's yours. I am not mighty, you are. It's not my strength, it's yours. Prayer brings us to our knees in dependence because the stronger I become, the more I need God. And listen, we've learned that lesson time and time again as we watch leaders around the world fall because the stronger we become, the more we need God. And there's too many leaders out there who do not understand that. We need dependency on God. The second thing I want you to know, and I've learned this, look, as I've been studying this passage and this story, I'm learning all of this incredible stuff. The second thing is that I discovered is this. Devotion doesn't always mean dependence. Devotion doesn't always mean dependence. Let me explain what I mean by that. In 2 Chronicles 15 verse 7, it says that King Asa was wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord his entire life. He was wholeheartedly devoted his entire life. It doesn't say he was devoted for the first 35 years of his reign, and then after that, he kind of dropped away. It doesn't say he was wholeheartedly devoted for some of his life. It says he was wholeheartedly devoted his entire life. So it would seem to me that he didn't lose his devotion, but he did lose his dependence. He was devoted, but he wasn't dependent. And it causes me to ask the question, how can a king who on one hand with one breath is wholeheartedly devoted to God, forget that he needs him in the next. And here's what I have come to understand. I realized that a lot of the time, our devotion is often reflected in our doing. Our devotion is reflected in our doing all the things, in our ticking all the Christian boxes, go to church, join a small group, serve, read your Bible, Pray fast when, yeah, you know, have communion. Whatever the boxes might be, devotion is often reflected in our doing. It focuses on the what of our relationship with God. But dependence is more reflected in our being. Its focus comes in the who of our relationship with God. Think about Mary and Martha. Jesus comes to, to spend time in the home of these two sisters. And, and Martha is busy rushing around, distracted, doing all the things. She's, she's doing all the things. She is serving. She's cooking the meal. She's doing the cleaning. She's flitting about and fussing over everything. And then she complains to Jesus because her sister Mary is doing nothing but sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to him. And Jesus responds by praising Mary for doing what is most important. See, Martha was devoted, but Mary was dependent. And I don't think, don't get me wrong, Martha's out there. Don't get me wrong. Jesus wasn't saying that what Martha was doing was not valuable. Jesus wasn't saying that all the Marthas should stop being Marthas. But what he was saying was that we have to understand that our devotion to doing all the things doesn't automatically transfer 
to a dependence in our being. I am a Martha. I am someone who thrives on doing. I have served in church since I was about 10 years old. I've done all the things, right? I've ticked all the Christian boxes and I am one of those people, I've, I've like got, like people would say I've got a high capacity, which basically means I just pride myself in being super busy all the time, right? I like to be busy. I like to do lots of things. I can have lots of plates spinning. I can multitask and listen, I'm, I can do a good job multitasking and doing all the things. Like, I'm good at it. I'm good at it. And yet, a number of years ago, God led me on a journey that would teach me a lesson that I may have been devoted, but I wasn't exactly dependent. And it actually took a health journey, a five-year health journey of me trying to fix it and do it in my own way and my own strength of me being self-sufficient to bring me to a place where I realized that what he wanted was not just devotion, but he wanted my dependence. He wants your dependence. And it wasn't until I got to that point when I began to see healing come into my life, because it's easy, isn't it? It's easy as Christians, especially when we've been doing this gig for a long time, it's easy to become more focused on the doing and the devote. It's easy to become focused on doing all the things and ticking all the boxes. We come to church, we read our Bible, we serve, we do, we do Christmas box, we do all the stuff. And yet I realize that we can be doing all those things and yet not be brought to our knees in dependence of God. And yet forget we actually need Him. Him, not the things, Him. And so I want you to ask yourself today, am I devoted? Am I dependent? Could I aim to be both? Could I aim to be both? Devotion doesn't always mean dependence. The band are gonna join me now and I'm gonna close this in just a minute. But I wanna leave you with one last thing. One last thing. And here's what we actually need to do. As a result of what we've talked about, here's what I want you to do. Number three, don't stop going to God. Just don't stop. Just don't stop going to God. Have you noticed that when things are awesome in our lives, our prayer life slips, right? When we have need, our prayer life is like, we're plugged in all the time because we can't survive without it. But when things become awesome, our prayer life so often slips and we're no longer locked in like we used to be. I see this a lot in church. We discover God in a difficult season. We come to church, we meet Jesus, we find what we were looking for. Our lives become right again. We get our lives right with God. And often it's at that point, I see people stop coming. They just stop turning up because they don't need it anymore. So they just stop. What happened? They just stopped going to God. What happened to King Asar? He stopped going to God. Started going to other things. Started going to other relationships, other connections. Asar, probably I would say, would say in reflection of his reign, I would say he would look at it and go, oh, I started as weak, but then I became mighty. But when I look at it upon what's written in Scripture, I would actually say that he started strong. He finished weak.
He started strong in his dependence on God, but he finished weak in his own self-sufficiency. And maybe even on this 21 day journey that we've been on of prayer, maybe you started strong. We can all start strong, day one, I'm there. But two weeks in, and man, it can get hard, can't it? And we can miss some days and then miss other days. And then we can cheat in our fast. Don't worry, I won't tell anyone. And all of a sudden, we just kind of, it peters out, doesn't it? Ah, I don't wanna be like King Asar. Don't stop. Even just in this 21 days, don't stop. Don't quit. Don't give up. Keep going back to God. Keep going to Him, both when we're mighty and without strength. Don't stop praying the prayer that King Asar prayed. And I'd love to pray it right now, right where we are. I'd lo- I think it's, you know, like the perfect place to start right now. Why don't we just pray it now, this prayer? Maybe you haven't prayed a prayer like this, a prayer of dependence in a very long time. What better time to start than right now, whether you're in the room or when you're, if you're watching online. I'm gonna pray this prayer. And let's together, let's own it. Lord, there is no one besides you to help the mighty and those without strength. Help us, Lord our God, for we depend on you. For we depend on you. I wanna pray one more prayer. I'm gonna just speak to a group of people. I'm not sure apart from a registration process, what brought you in the room today? Or what's caused you to consider watching online? And I'm not sure if it's your first time watching or not, but I believe that some of you registered today or turned on your computer or phone or whatever today, knowing that today was your day to meet with God. And this is your moment. If that's you, here it is right now because God loves you and He created you with a plan and a purpose in mind. But the reality is, is that in all of our lives, at some point, we turn our backs on Him. We walk away. We do our own thing. We make mistakes. The Bible calls it sin. And that sin, it separates us from God and it prevents us from being in a reconciled relationship with Him. But The beautiful thing about God's mercy and grace is that He loves you too much to leave it that way. And so all those years ago, He sent His Son, Jesus, His only Son, to come and live a sinless life on earth and die a sinner's death so that He could pay the debt that you and I would do. And through His resurrection, we are able to now come into reconciled relationship with God that we might find purpose in our today, but also that we would have eternity with Him. And I'm gonna pray a prayer right now, and I wanna invite you to pray it too. Wherever you are, wherever you are watching this from, I want you to pray this prayer. You don't have to pray it out loud, although you can. You can just pray it in your heart. Are you ready? Mean it. Make it your own prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you that you went to the cross for me. 
thank you that you paid the debt that I was due. Thank you that you have forgiven me today. I choose this day to live for you. I turn my life towards you now and I start brand new. Thank you for the plans and the purposes you have for my life. In Jesus' name, with every head still bowed and every eye closed, I wanna just do one more thing. I would love to see and acknowledge who I was praying for today. And whether you're in the room or online, there's a way for you to do that. In the room, in just a moment, I'm gonna count to three. And as I count to three, when I get to three, I would love for you just to lift your hand up so I can see it. You can lift it up. I'll acknowledge it. You can pop it straight back down. Online, there's a button you can push that says, I raise my hand. Would you push that button for me? I'll be able to see it and I'll acknowledge it. Are you ready? Be bold, be brave. One, two, three. Raise your hands. Thank you. Awesome. I see you. Yes, yes. I see you down here as well. Anybody else? I see you. Yeah, awesome. I can see your hand. Fantastic. Anybody else? You're saying, Bex, would you count me in? Online. Awesome. I see you down there. Anybody else? Three online. Awesome. I can see you. I got you. Another moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for every life that you have encountered and brought home today. Lord, I thank you for the plans and the purposes that you have for them. I pray right now for a protection over them as they begin this journey with you. And we are so excited right now as a church family to celebrate as all of heaven celebrates. Come on, wherever you are, would you give God a massive hand? Come on, let's praise Him. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.